Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great. Thanks for joining us for another episode. As you may know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we discuss a listener-submitted minute of content from a TV show, movie, or somewhere else on the internet, something we haven't seen before, and we talk about it, try to figure out what's going on. John, what are we looking at today? Today we're discussing a clip from Scandal submitted by an anonymous submitter. Great. And this week's episode is brought to you by George's English Muffins. Here at George's, we are sick and tired of that American wanker Thomas claiming to sell English muffins. George's invented the English muffin. We invented nooks and crannies, not that bunch of crooks and nannies over at Thomas's. If you want the real experience, crispy edges, nooks with pooled butter, proper fork-split English muffins, forget about Thomas and get yourself a George. Okay. There's crooks and nannies over at Mm -hmm. Thomas's. Uh, Are you worried, Paul, of your geographic location being so close to the Thomas's factory? Am I actually close to them? Uh, yes, you are. They are in Frederick, Maryland. Friends of the show, Thomas's English Muffins, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's our level of familiarity here, with, Paul, with uh, with Scandal? You know, mine's pretty low. Uh, it's a show that my girlfriend watches, or at least watched um, at, at some point in the earlier seasons. So, I, I recognize some of the characters, but I couldn't really tell you anybody's names or anything like that. And I think this clip is from one of the later seasons anyway. So not not a whole lot. What about you, John? Yeah, so I did watch it, but I only watched it for at least the first season. I probably got, you know, out of that loop around the second season, and it probably just sat in my Hulu queue, and then I just mm. skipped over every episode for another season after that. And I think this is actually from the third season, uh, I'm guessing, from the YouTube title. But uh, I have no idea what the reference is to anything. I recognize the characters, and I know one of them and why they exist and what the relationship is to the main character, Olivia Pope. Uh, mm. But other than that, uh, the actual plotting of this, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. All right, well, a quick intro to what happens in the scene. We see a younger man walking into a dark room where an older man is sitting. They speak briefly. The younger man turns to leave and then comes back with some accusatory questions. Yeah. All right. So um, a preemptive ontoxy to all of our listeners as we go well, into... Well, just just the Finnish ones, John. Just the Finnish listeners, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to imply that everyone deserved... Was equal? No, certainly no, not. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's, let's do a script read, Paul. Yeah, I think we should. Do you want to be the uh, younger man and I'll be the older man? Yeah, I think that'll work out. Okay. You need to stop her. Liv, I know it's her plan and all, and she wanted to go, but this town needs her. We all do. And I think that if we just talk to her... The town's fine. We're all fine. The Republic is safe. The way it always has been and always will be. Always will be? You mean B-613? The President saw fit to reinstate me. Ah. Was there anything else? No. Actually, yes. It's funny, but 
when you told me Maya Pope killed Jerry. That didn't make sense to me. She's always been about the money, but killing the president's son doesn't make her rich. She didn't get what she wanted. But if B613 is back online, you did. And now lives on a plane out of town and the president's in your pocket. This all worked out great for you. All right, John. Well, what was your first takeaway there? What's the first thing that really strikes you about this clip? So the first thing that I tried to figure out sort of was uh, who these people were. Like when I was watching it for the first time, I was trying to figure out who these people were and where the heck they were. Like this feels like a science lab, right? Like, but then there's just tables with junk all over them everywhere. I think it is a science lab. And this is actually the thing I wanted to talk about mainly is I'm guessing it's some sort of forensic anthropology lab, or at least it's supposed to be because we have a really weird mix of things spread out everywhere. Like you said, I mean, there's bones on the table. Yeah. Some that are clearly animal bones, but some that could be human. I mean, there's like a lab coat. There's those lab plastic divider things. There's some scientific equipment in the background, but none of it seems to really match, especially with all the junk that's just piled everywhere. It really just looks like bones like went off the air and they had a fire sale and then they just bought like Scandal just bought off all of like the 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 random uh props and stuff. There's even like a little teapot in behind uh behind uh Pope right there. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know. It's just very much like it's like it's clear that the goal was to create an office where people live and stuff. And I think they worked out really well. It's just that it also looks like an office where nobody doesn't live at any given. Like it looks like somebody's like been trapped in this office for for decades or something. That's what I was thinking is it looks like someone is squatting in an old science lab. Yeah. Um, I also wonder why there are like like those sort of like butcher freezer like drapes sort of thing over the mm-hmm. door when nothing in this room looks sanitary or particularly air. I don't know. It just is a very strange, it, it just seems like a very strange place. Well, it, it does. I mean, building on that just a little bit more, it also doesn't make a lot of sense with the things he's, he's doing in his hands that the older guy who's sitting there, he seems to have like a little brush in one hand and a little thing of glue or some kind of solvent yeah. in the other. So it's almost like he's putting back together an old broken teapot. Yeah. <laughs> In maybe this he, setting? Maybe he is uh maybe he is repairing a teapot and then also brokering a shadow government <laughs> at the same well, time. That's that's the thing, is as little sense as this room makes when yeah. you pair it with the conversation, oh yeah. It makes even less sense at all. Well, I mean, in a way, the like at the end of the day, a lot of this could have been like a radio drama. It didn't really need a setting. Like there, mm-hmm. there would just be a little thing of the like you know, uh, Pope is sitting in a room. The young man walks in and confronts him, and then he walks out again. Basically, probably I don't know. We haven't gotten to that part. Um, but I, I just think it's really interesting that they they do have a room. They do have a visual here, and the visual that they chose to go with was like randomly assembled lab or something i don't know i like maybe this is is this uh is this uh morton's joe morton's uh like side gig or cover gig is that he's like an anthropologist or something or i guess we can circle back to that in in the theories but i think it has to be something like that and really 
I think this set was put together by someone really half-assedly. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, it's like just the, a the set only... that already existed, and so they're just like, he can be mm. here for this one. Maybe that's true, but it's like, I, j- I just can't get over the combination of what looks like it should be Indiana Jones's office and a chemistry lab. Yeah. No, it's it's very much that. Um, mm. Yeah. Interesting. So what do you Let's think talk- about what do you think about what these guys are wearing? It might be the most normal clothing we've ever seen <laughs> in, in one of these clips. It is it is exceedingly normal. Uh so the uh younger guy is wearing sort of like an overcoat over top a checker pattern blue t-shirt uh, blue shirt, sorry, blue collared shirt and then a mm. tie with just sort of like uh, dot patterns on it. And then mm. uh Joe Morton here is uh, wearing uh, just a suit and tie sort of combo with an ID badge on it. Yeah, I think they've done a good job of making it look like they're in DC. I'm, I'm assuming that's yeah. where the show is set from the. Oh yeah, it's you know, definitely talk of DC. the Republican. All is yeah. he, is jo- on Joe Morton's badge. I'm looking at nine seconds in. Is mm. that by any chance a Smithsonian Sun that's on his badge? You know that definitely might be. But it's not. I don't know. I, my brain didn't automatically go. Oh, that's that's a Smithsonian sun. It was definitely like that's a symbol on a badge. I should probably look at it and see if I recognize it. But like, it is a sun symbol. Maybe it's just supposed to be loosely referencing the Smithsonian without like uh, trademark infringement of any. Well, like that could really be what's happening. And I don't, I don't know. I guess if this lab was going to make sense anywhere, it might make sense in the Smithsonian. But yeah. Even so. It so, Paul, I did happen to watch uh, Night of the Museum Battle at the Smithsonian last night. Oh. Uh, and so, to me, this must take place in the massive underground containment areas that, that they obviously have in that movie, which is true mm-hmm. to life in a documentary. So, uh, it's clear that he must be in some sort of underground facility uh, underneath DC. Where well, that... It's the only way this makes any sense at all. So obviously, yes. Yeah. Um, have you ever gotten to go into the uh, the underground catacombs of the uh, you know the vast network of Smithsonian buildings? I never actually have. Is there a real network down there? I have literally no idea, Paul. I am fairly certain it would be impossible, given the fact that DC is a swamp and the like, basements themselves just seem compromised as is. Uh, yeah. The idea of a giant like underground network seems unlikely. But, it does uh, seem unlikely. Although I did, I did once get to go into the uh, underground research areas at the Baltimore Aquarium. So oh, that is very cool. Yeah. And the Baltimore Aquarium is definitely like underground. In the Baltimore Aquarium means underwater. Like, <laughs> like, like, like uh, the Baltimore Aquarium is literally like floating on top of a, a dock. So uh, mm, true. That you you were you were in a dam basically. Basically. Well, John, is is there anything else visually for us to go through here? I mean, we, we've talked about how the setting doesn't make any GD sense, but other than that, it, it looks kind of normal. I mean, the camera work's fun. It's very sort of dramatic. Like, it starts off far away, and then it goes, uh, you know, midpoint uh, to their faces. And then when Joe Morton starts lying here, uh, it zooms in real close to his face. It's a close shot. And then uh, finally, when the younger guy turns around and he's like, Wait a second. Actually, yes. Yeah, it's like full on close up, 
real good shot you know three quarters it's a good dramatic zoom it is is a very good dramatic zoom so they whoever's running the camera here knows how to knows how to shoot a dramatic talking scene so well it's true let's talk about the dramatic talking though does it work for you it's it's very dramatic and i struggle with it a little bit completely out of context maybe the show's like meant to be that dramatic and it's all merited oh yeah it's but just it's, just looking at this minute it's intense this show is that dramatic like this show is uh like in the first season which i understand like is not like the craziest thing ever but i i know that there's like the president having affairs like you know like all sorts of crazy stuff like it's definitely John, that a, could never happen yeah the president no. <laughs> could never have a bunch no. of affairs he's got a he's got a very high moral standing all presidents yeah. do right uh and so uh, what's what's sort of interesting about it is like uh, they kind of have to keep going like with that sort of level of you know craziness uh, mm-hmm. throughout the entire show and so like you know from season one to season two it just sort of like ups the effort even more like uh, I think what they're referencing is uh, somebody's mom killed the president's son or something I don't know like it's it, it is it is just a sort of family affair of like these people who happen to be involved in literally everything uh and and so like you get sort of like you know the small sort of well okay so like a a sort of like team you know workplace team show Mm -hmm. uh but the monster of the week is instead you know a scandal in dc and they're supposed to cover it up or fix it or something like that uh and that gives you like a pretty okay cast size but not too unmanageable but somehow this cast manages to literally be everywhere in dc getting involved in every single scandal or something and it's it's well, uh, it's a small town really. exactly well it is it is in a way you know uh so it, it 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 becomes a lot of fun but then it also sort of doesn't lower that tension at all for the most part and whenever it just sounds exhausting whenever it does sort of have a lower amount of attention uh, you are just sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop you're waiting for somebody to come in with a gun and shoot somebody or something um but yeah well maybe maybe we should jump into our theories john what do you all think all right i'm down Okay, since I think you know a little more about the show than I do, maybe I should go first. Yeah, you should go first. So I think that the old man is, uh, he's clearly the, the master mind here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I ever saw that during anything in the show that I'd seen over Becky's shoulder. But um, I think he, he's the mastermind of everything that's happening here. You used the word shadow government earlier, and that's probably accurate to what's going on. I think the main character is his daughter, which I, I think is true. Uh, and she's the Liv that's mentioned here. Mm-hmm. I think she's gone off on a plane on what she thinks is a plan she came up with to save the president after his son was killed. Um, but really, her dad just wanted to get her out of the city so that he could do something. I'm guessing it is something to do with, what was it, MS-13? <laughs> B-613. Sorry, B-613. MS-13 uh, I'm like assuming a gang. they're not both gangs, yeah. So he's setting up a rival gang, um, and they're going to take over DC. And no, I, I think he's setting up a shadow government. Um, we can always uh, loop back in the "I am the leader, I am the leader, I am the leader" of a gang uh, that we beautifully sang during the Spice World episode. I had completely forgotten about that. Jeez, but yeah, I, I think it, it's just this kind of high energy, high stress nonsense that you were talking about earlier. And yeah. I think what's going to happen next is. This uh, younger guy is about to get shot because he just figured out this whole plan and he's about to die. And then the old guy's going to have to 
get rid of the body before Liv gets back into town. So I'm guessing it might be her boyfriend. So he's mm. going to have to kill her boyfriend and hide the body. And I just, I don't think they have a great relationship. Hmm. I think, I think, I think this sounds like a very, very, probably, probably almost exactly what happened. Like, I would not be surprised hmm. if that's what happened. Um, I have a slightly different take, uh, sure. but I feel like a lot of them sort of cover the same ground. Like, uh, I think, uh, yeah, obviously the older man is Liv's dad, uh, who I assume now works at the Smithsonian, but also happens to run B613, the weird, like, uh, off books, black ops, you know, what works sort of people, I guess the people who just kill people who need to get killed by the executive branch to do the good work of those people. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so now he's sort of in charge and he's got the president, I assume, very paranoid because of the death of his son. Um, he does say Maya Pope. And I kind of wonder, so Maya Pope has to be related to Olivia and him in some way because nobody creates like characters with the same last name without them being related. So Okay, so, so they are the Pope family. Then. They are the Pope family. So I okay. assume that Maya Pope is either her mom or her sister, uh, her being Liv, uh, Olivia Pope. Um, I thought her mom was dead on the show, and the, but is that not true? How do we not know that her mom is not, in fact, not dead, but instead being held in a top Black Ops facility for after Run killing. by MS-13. And, yeah, run by MS-13. <laughs> you know, they're good government contractors, MS-13. Um how do we know their, that their bid came in really low so they had to get it you know <laughs> exactly that's how it works it's all about who you know and how low you, you i can't come up with something that rhymes that actually makes sense um <laughs> all right so uh yeah so i think she's being held in a black ops facility and i think olivia might be flying to go get her mom after she's like been on the lamb or something like i think she she might have gotten out of the facility and now hmm. the present son is dead and everybody thinks it's it's uh, her mom and so now i think she's flying after her mom to try and get her to sort of like bring her back and like face justice or something i don't know uh but in reality it's uh you know the fact that like b613 assassinated the president's son to get him in their pocket and so I think that that's I think that's what happened. And so he's using his wife or ex-wife or whatever to as like to you know put the blame on in order to get more power and reinstate B613 or himself at the, at the head of B613. I mean that that sounds plausible given what I know from the show. Um it sort of spurred on two additional questions for me the John. The, the first is how is it possible that this guy can both run a shadow government agency and have his own office in the Smithsonian? I mean, he's very efficient at fixing teapots. Oh, okay. Um, Takes him half the time with the other Smithsonian, what is it, like research assistants? Is it? Yeah. Well, what is it? The Peter Principle? The one where you're always hired to the <laughs> the job you're least qualified until you're not no longer qualified? You're always, uh, what is it? You're always promoted until you're no longer qualified for your job uh, mm. or something like that. Whereas, like, you know, maybe maybe they just assume that he's been hired a little too high and now he just does nothing because he doesn't know what to do. Uh, but in reality, he's hyper-competent black ops guy 
who just doesn't give a crap about the teapots he's rebuilding. Which makes me sad. <laughs> Those poor teapots. Especially yeah. for the young teapot researcher that went there wanting to learn from him. And now he's just being put on the back burner each time. And, you know, it's just unfair. It's unfair to it's unfair to them. It's unfair to the Smithsonian. It's unfair to the American people who want to get in on this teapot history stuff. I wish that was true. This show, I think, would be a lot more interesting to me. I agree. Um, the other thing... Oh, geez, have I forgotten it already? Nope. Is the the younger man really makes it sound like Liv is critical to the safety of the Union or to his understanding of the safety of the Union? I mean, and Paul, Isn't think she about just it. like a lawyer? No, no. Think about it, Paul. What if yeah. the Americans actually found... What if American, the American people actually mm -hmm. found out that their politicians were horrible mm -hmm. people that were disingenuous and didn't have mm -hmm. the American people as the top priorities in their life? Like, wouldn't that be chaos? That would be a scandal. Yeah, it would be insane. Like, I mean, how could you even live in a world like that? Well, John, can can you recommend a show that is so clearly a parody of our current situation and not at all similar in any way? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I feel like if, if, if you like sort of like uh, over-the-top spy drama sort of stuff, along with some like over the top romance sort of things. Like I, I think, I think you dig it. Like, I think, I think it's, I think it's a very specific show for a very specific palette. And I have some of that palette and I like it, but at the same time, it was just too much for too long. Uh, but I feel like there is, there's another, you know, universe out there where John has watched every single episode of scandal and is an absolute scandal head. So, um, so yeah, so I, I mean, I, like, I think it's like a tentative, recommendation then how about you paul no it's a hard pass for me it from what i've seen of the show which granted is not a lot uh, it suffers from the same things that lost does where you have all these high pressure intense plot lines that don't really make any sense if you ever stop to think about any of them and it it runs too high all the time it's always going and i find it exhausting and don't think i like it at all yeah, you definitely have to have that, that sort of switch in your head that allows you to turn off the question that's like, why don't they just talk about it? Why don't they just, mm -hmm. like, actually just sit down and talk for five seconds and the, all of these problems will be solved? Or at least a lot of these problems will be solved. Uh, like, uh, I assume the president's son is still going to be assassinated. But, uh, or <laughs> unless he's also in a blackout. John, why would you... Somewhere. Yeah, wh why would you talk to your daughter for five minutes when instead you can set up a shadow government agency? Exactly. Or or just like why it's just easier. Exactly. And like there's also the fact that like they also use emotion to just sort of have people act in like the opposite way in which the, their characters have been acting the entire time. So it's like it's like I'm a good and responsible person and I believe in all just things and then like they get upset over something and now they're like I hate all things. I believe that everybody is a you know a criminal and should be like you know like it's very much that sort of like everybody's a jackal and hide sort of situation so um it that does get exhausting a little bit because then it feels like every character doesn't really have a personality but that's not that's not a unique thing to this show i feel like i'm like kind of bashing this show but it's like it's very much like a genre of of show um but yeah all right well yeah i, I think from from that synopsis you can probably gauge whether or not this is a show you would enjoy yeah all right. Well, a big thanks to the anonymous listener who submitted this Thank clip you. from Scandal. Uh, if you want to 
Yeah, if you want to support the podcast, you can always review us on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded or submit your own minutes. Please do that. Please. Go to our website, uh, theminutepodcast.com. Use the contact form. Uh, this episode was hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward, produced by John Ward with theme music by Paul Reberg. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.